Good morning, everybody. Hola. I'm practicing my Spanish after being in Panama last week. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am so excited to be here. I've actually gotten, I didn't tell you the CK, I got emails from people saying, where have you been the last few weeks? Are you okay? They were checking up on me because we haven't had a new show in a couple of weeks. So we are back. Uh, doing a whole bunch of shows the next couple of weeks. So it will be brand new shows. I'm so excited to be here. For those of you who don't know me and are tuning in for the very first time, I'm Naomi Nachman and I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking it, eating it, um, and eating it, eating at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. Um, and anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. I am knee deep in Pesach work even as we speak. Good. Um, so I hope you'll tune in every week. You'll hear about my cooking adventures, kosher food traveling, sharing of great ideas and recipes, and my awesome, amazing guests. And this week will prove no different because we have a great, exciting lineup today. Those of you don't know you, don't know you. You are Naomi Nachman, the Aussie Gourmet. But whatever people who do know you, are you still Naomi Nachman? I'm still Naomi okay, Nachman. Okay, just checking. I want to make sure. I'm still me. Sometimes I don't know if I feel like me, but yeah, I'm always me. Just checking. <laughs> always me eating. So yeah, I just was in Panama. What an amazing Jewish community. I had the good fortune of going with Miriam Schreiber as part of her kosher legacy team. Um, I went with Rabbi Becha and Miriam, who who organized and led the tour. She brought uh, Rabbi Becha to give us... Um, Torah inspiration all day, which was amazing. We, were on, we had long bus rides. We had Duffy Yomi in the morning. We had Shirim in the between Minchamarov. He was amazing. Rabbi Becher was wonderful. Um, I did some cooking classes. Miriam organized an incredible tour. Hope you guys will follow her on Instagram to hear where she's going this summer. Even I don't know that yet. But she is incredible. We had an incredible time. The Jewish community in Panama is unbelievable. Who knew 15,000 Jews? And 35 kosher restaurants. That's wow. insane. Only 15,000 Jews. Well, I went I went to the following restaurants. So I want to just give them a shout. Aria, Miriam as part of the tour took us to Aria, Aroma, Pita Plus, Rimonim, Darna. I'm sure there was some more in between. I ate at Jeffrey's. I ate the Tres Leches. I had to have a Tres Leches. Um, something happened to the earphone. Got very loud all of a sudden, my headset. Okay. I digress. Um, so I had to have... Um, a tres leches, which means a three milks cake. I'm going to put it on my blog in a couple of weeks. Um, it was a delicious cake. So we, I did a demo on that and ceviche, of course, which is typical South American food. Um, actually, this is actually Central America. Um, but it was amazing. Same time zone, five-hour flight going down south. Same time zone, same money, no jet lag. How great is that? Same electricity, ZK. I didn't need to get new plugs or find out what the, you know, the – outlet things would be. So it's incredible. There's so many shawls. Miriam organized for us to meet with the rabbis and there's community leaders. Unbelievable Jewish community. It's the new Miami. So make sure you go there in the right season. I think that would be like our winter would be their summer because they have rainy season and dry season. They don't have the four seasons like we do. Um, definitely check that out. I'm like still on a high from from the trip and I've been back for a week. And I can't wait to taste that three cheese thingamabob. Three milks. Maybe three we milks. should make. Oh, we should my make God. that in camp. camp mm. Yeah. Oh, I should do a, 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 um, I a South, to talk American, to Susan, South American, American food. 
Um, I'll talk ceviche. to Susie about that. Ceviche and panadas and tres leches. I'm in. I'm literally <laughs> writing that down here. Esther, you write notes. Susie, I hope you're listening because we're writing the curriculum right here, right now in the studio. Um, okay, guys. So Pesach, um, this show is airing right right now. You're listening to this. It's Shush and Purim in Yerushalayim. It is the actual Purim. They are celebrating Purim on Shush and Purim, Walt City, you know, all that stuff. So, um so we are very excited to be here uh, on Shush and Purim and, and to, to be with, to uh, hear how everyone's Purim was. Um, and I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll uh, Instagram me or send me some Facebook messages. I want to know how your Purim was. Um, it's a pretty exciting time for us. I'm, I'm a little bit busy with a Pesach kitchen. Still, I try to throw a few things in the oven because I have to stay on top of everything. But I really, really, really enjoy um, the spirit and how creative everyone is. So I think that's really cool. But mm. with Pesach coming up, I just want to do – you know that I'm going to be promoting my book for the next three weeks, right? Because it's the season. It's fantastic. Um, I own I own it. Oh, thank you, Esther. Of course. It's a fantastic I, I'm one. sure everyone here in the studio owns a copy of <laughs> – Perfect for Pesach. It is good. Look, as it says on the front cover, Passover recipes you want to make all year. So pictures and recipes and all the fun stuff. And, you know, you can always email me with questions because that's what I do. I remember when you were making this and I was talking, you're like, I can't talk to you now. We're we're doing pictures. I know. (laughs) Esther Esther and I go back quite a few years and um, 70, 80 yeah, yeah, we're not that old yet. <laughs> settle, settle down, Esther. We're not so old because <laughs> we don't. We're still in camp. We're like we are, sixteen. We are. We'll be in camp forever. So, so this is how uh, uh, Esther and I met. Remet again. We met a couple of years ago. We spoke. I was already. She wanted me to come work in in the newly formed at the time Shoshanim. I was at Camp Dina. My kids were right. little. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't commit at the time, um, but we we sta- had stayed in touch. My cousin is mutual friends. Shout out to you, Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Hi, TJ. <laughs> uh, mini kosher chef. We yep. have to give little we little do. TJ a we shout do. out. Um, so uh, I don't know if you know. Speaking about my cousin, Shelly is the one who runs that face group group of t- like 10,000 or more of kosher. the kosher Trader Joe's. Mm. That's my cousin. She's a, F- yeah. Food is in our family. In any case, I digress. So um, Susie Fishbein gives me a call about two and a half years ago. Naomi, I've been up all night thinking about this and I've been asked to put together a culinary institute at Camp Shoshanim for kids. Now, Susie has a, a background in education. We both have we both have degrees in early childhood education um, or elementary school education um and you know we've both gone into the foodie world Susie's become the queen I'm like a little nobleman maybe <laughs> if that everyone's a queen. if that yeah everyone's, poor him everyone's Master, a queen, queen, queen Naomi, Naomi. Exactly. um I'm the queen on Shavuos <laughs> I get Got to it. be the okay. queen on Shavuos okay. um so she said but I really want you to be one of the teachers there you know you've been teaching in, in kids for years and, and teaching cooking to kids and I want you as part of the team for the Susie Fishbine and Friends Culinary Institute. So when you read that, I'm the friend. Well, actually what's interesting is, and I am actually here as two people today. Um, I'm a little, I'm two people. I'm Esther from Camp Shoshanim. I'm also Johnny Schlagbaum, Assistant Director of Camp Nesher, who couldn't be here today and wanted to be here today, but he's sick and his kids are sick. But our Culinary Institute, the Susie Fishbine and Friends Culinary Institute, which works with both camps, um, is phenomenal. And maybe we should call it Susie Fishbine and Naomi's. <laughs> no, no. I'm happy to be her, 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 her noblewoman on the side. But Susie, Susie got me in. She, we, I re-met Esther. 
and the rest is history. This is going to be my third summer. So let's talk about from your side, like before that phone call that Susie had where she was up all night. How did all this come together? Having a culinary institute is a proper cooking school. It is. It is. Um, we're part of an organization. I know for those of you who heard me before, hi. Um, part of an organization called the New Jersey Y Camps. It's been around for almost 100 years. Did we say her name is Esther Katz? I don't know. We may have. We may have. In case we didn't, Esther Katz, the director. Hi. Um, so, <laughs> Sorry. I, I, that's okay. I'm like, that's okay. Um, the camps were culturally Jewish. They were not affiliated. We started Nesher 23 years ago. Phenomenal place. My daughter met her husband there. Oh, that's so nice. Mm, yeah. One of the best Israelis we ever hired. Love him. Um, that's so nice for a mother-in-law to say. Is, he's, he's amazing. Um, shout out to my kids. Shout out to... So, but I always joked with my executive director that girls with girls are different than girls with boys and we should have a girls place because girls camps traditionally... Co- let me take a step back. Co-ed camps traditionally have had a level of programming that's exemplary. And the girls' camps focus a lot on energy and ruach and spirit and friendship, which is wonderful. But I thought if you're a girl and you are from observant, shumerat shabbat, however you choose to define yourself, you shouldn't have to choose between the two. I wanted that same programming that you can get in the co-ed camps. I wanted it in all girls' camps. So we started Shoshanim nine years ago. Wow, I can't yeah. believe that's nine, nine years. Right? We right. Started, Laura was a that's little baby. We met. She was a baby. We started, we had 70 girls. Last year we had 260 our first session. Including and Leora Nachman. Including Leora Nachman, who came the first time with you and then last time was like, I'm in, I'm gone. Bye, eight mom. Weeks. Uh-huh. Eight Bye, weeks. mom. Eight Bye, weeks. mom. So when we have a program, we have our, my girls have an instructional swim. They have an instructional sport because I want them to learn to play sports properly. Whatever they do, I want them to learn to do it at a high level because... Again, you can do everything, you can be everything. If you're a girl, you don't expect second rate, you don't get second rate. So when we decided that we were going to have a culinary program, we decided let's make a culinary center. And so Jeff actually knew, Jeff from Nesher actually knew Susie and they lived not far from each other. And he reached out to her and Susie was said, well, if I'm going to do this, then we need to have a culinary arts center. We're doing it right. Susie do- does everything mm. right to the, dots her eyes, it crosses we built, the T's. She's- we, yeah, we met with an architect. We planned everything. We have 24 student stations. Everything is stainless steel, state-of-the-art, um, and a teaching station with a mirror over it so you can see everything. Microphones. My, everything, everything, so that you can walk in and you feel like you're in a cooking, in a culinary school, in a culinary center. It's not just about coming and making recipes, which are delicious. And again, back to my three milk thing that I can't wait for. <laughs> recipes are delicious, but it's about skills. It's about how to be comfortable in the kitchen. It's about how to feel that this is something that you want to do. And so when our girls come home and our campers come home after the summer, they say, here's what I made with Susie or here's what I made with Naomi. And I want to make that at home for my family on Shabbat. Everything can be duplicated and replicated. We use, we don't use commercial uh, pots and pans and things. We do it so that you can do it at home. And so Naomi, when you come in and you walked into that center, what was your first impression when you walked in? You, I bet you didn't think that was going to look like that, right? You because know, <laughs> it's camp. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I, I've taught cooking in camp, Dina, for many years, and it's it's really grown. That we started off at the back of the basketball court. Alex God was amazing to me when when we I, I broached this idea with him when just as the beginning of the big food hype before social media, I was doing this. There was a time before social media. Yeah, apparently, mm. the, I think they call it the dark ages. <laughs> Lump everything before social media in one big club um, from the beginning of time. Um, but, you know, and then he, he built, ended up when they moved camps, they built me a room. It even had a sink and counters. <laughs> and a, by the time I left, we had a phenomenal oven. It was wonderful. I taught hundreds of girls cooking and baking. 
but this is different. It was, it was, it's um, it's got um burners. It's got um sinks for every kid. It's got equipment that a girl, as you said, can like Maliora can take a recipe and know exactly what to do when she goes home. It's broken down, um, very easily for the kids and on a very high level. We're we're teachers and. It's not just like when they would come to me, like in other programs that I've done across the board, um, it's 40 minutes, you have 40 minutes start to finish, and then you rotate through the next group. You're actually, when you sign up, you sign up for three hours in the morning. You are getting a three-hour culinary class. So just say, for instance, <laughs> when we do our Spanish cooking class, well, in the three hours, you will learn ceviche, tres leches, and empanadas, but you will learn the meaning behind it, the history behind it, There'll be one or two other things as well. You get a full session. And with that, you are learning knife skills, measuring and pouring, cleaning up. Thank God, yes. <laughs> Esther, that cleaning up crew is like nobody. <laughs> I want them to come to my house every day that I have a big cook day. Because if you're going to cook, then you need to learn how to start with a place that's clean. The only way it starts with a place that's clean is that every time it's used, so we make sure that it's that it's spotless afterwards. Hygiene is important. Fresh ingredients are important. Um, teaching, as you said, how to follow recipes. It's not just about how to um, how to follow a recipe, but how to use those recipes and how to improvise a little, so that you can then take it to the next level. And what we do is we quite often partner the girls up, mm. and we're not doing this to save on the equipment. They ha- still have to make their own. They'll work together in a team, and that's showing team building. When you put kids together to work, you are having a social exercise, a team building exercise, a mathematic exercise. Cooking is science and math. I love math, by the way, and science. Those are my two favorite things in the entire world. Okay, so I'm a math science person. (laughs) (laughs) And homage, yes. I'm going to give – I'm not – yeah. So, so much to say about that. I am not a math person, but I got really good at fractions when I started cooking. So Esther, in her own right, is a tamida chachama. <laughs> no, I'm not. She, no, she is. She's just being modest. I'm going to turn her on. During the nine days, she was able to give us a seum on something she had learned. She was, I do dafyomi. It's unreal. <laughs> I, I'm like blown away. That is so cool. When, when You're, you can do everything. As a woman, you can do everything, basically. Not put on tefillin. Haven't got to that point yet, guys. But uh, not doing that. But uh, it's, I, it's I believe women can learn. And, and and you're a really great role Thank model you. for these Thank girls. You. Like I'm, I'm very As are happy. you. As are you. That's <laughs> what, you know what? That's what I want for my staff. And it's interesting that you say that. When I talk to staff or I talk to parents and they ask, what is camp about and what type of women do I have in camp? I say, I want my girls to have positive female role models. Different places in the world, different countries, different experiences, even Australia. Right. I'm uh, a mixed breed. I'm half Australian, half American. But, but wherever, I want to be a Crown Heightser. Whenever we can find, whenever we can, wherever we can find positive female role models... That's what I want for my girls. I want my girls to believe that they can do and be everything. You want to be a master chef, phenomenal. You want to stay home and take care of your children, phenomenal. You want to be a teacher, phenomenal. You want to be a lawyer, phenomenal. You want to make the green covers on the pool tables, phenomenal. But just believe that there's nothing you can't do. You want to be an Olympic swimmer, you don't go mix swimming, can't help you with that one. That might be the one exception. Other than that... <laughs> or the ice skating that we've right. been watching Other all week. Other than that, there's really nothing you can't do, and that's what I want for my girls. And so, as you said, when we built the culinary center, and Susie said, if I'm putting my name on it, and you said it in different words, if I'm going to be there and we're calling it a culinary center, then it's going to be a culinary institute. This is not just going to be... Oh, not that there's anything wrong with chocolate chip cookies. I love chocolate chip cookies. It's not just making chocolate chip cookies. 
It's learning about, as you said, math, science, culinary, the world, and exploring. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I see that. And tasting. I see the difference, yeah. When I come up to camp, I was like, can you bring, everybody comes, drops by the culinary <laughs> center. So what are you making? So we try to send some stuff mm. over to the office. On We are actually located on the Nesher side of um, the New Jersey Y camps, which is made up of, as we said, four camps. Shoshanim. Um, Actually, we have six, but that's okay. Okay, there you go. I didn't even know that. I'm learning something. We have a camp for, I laugh when I say this, please excuse me. Um, we have a camp for senior adults ages 55 and above. And as I choke, because 55 is not a senior, but we had a camp called Kislak. And we do a senior travel program in the winter as well. Oh, I, I Travel to Florida. I, can I go on that? You're not 55 I'm yet. I'm not 55 yet. <laughs> Most of our people were about 80. Really? I met a group that was coming back. We met them at the airport. There were 27 of them. 25 of them were in wheelchairs. It was a party. <laughs> it was a party. <laughs> that is amazing that you do that. I could, I would love going to camp when I'm 80. Okay, we can talk about okay. that. Okay, uh, do I get an early bird special? Yes, we'll sign up now. We'll sign up now. We'll sign up now. It's amazing what, what camp does for people. Camp does. Right? Like, mm. when I, I, I say to people, what did you do for camp? Now, in Australia, mm. camp is 10 days. Right, six weeks summer holidays. You get ten days for mm. camp. The rest, I don't know what my mother did with us. I don't remember. <laughs> probably a lot of sunburn at the beach. Um, day camps, I think afterwards. But to go to camp for eight weeks, the friendships that are formed. I see, like when I when I speak to other Americans, they're like, "Oh, we went to camp together. We went to this together. We went yeah. to that together." Like, like it's camp has got a very strong roots in people's lives. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I you said you were a teacher. I was also I was a teacher for many years. I was school principal for many years. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Where? Kulanu. In, in the, the five towns? towns? Yeah, I was the middle school principal and the high school and post-high school vocational oh, program. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Mm. That's formal education, which is fantastic. Right. Camp is informal education. That's camp my, is that's my camp thing. is life. Camp is life. You teach kids. You don't you don't get judged. I run science programs in camp. There's no tests, no homework, no lab reports, but you can do science and have fun. Right. It's not about grades. You don't get a grade on tefillah, but when you can sing and you can be part of tefillah and you can dance Friday night in the Beit Knesset, and it's great because we have 25 guys and 250 girls in the Beit Knesset on Shabbat, and so the mechitzah is the yeah, opposite no, of you would normally opposite, see it. It's, it's the opposite of, of normal. normal. Right. But the Friday night davening was beautiful, and my daughter, I don't go to shul on Friday, and I'm usually just sitting right. the table mm-hmm. and finishing up the last minute things, but like my daughter knows how to daven now Friday night. That's what like, camp is. And I've tried now. Mm. To harness that and can you know say do sing something she's like oh. and then and the havdalah at camp yeah, is Havdala really is special yeah. I love that I I, I love that every mm-hmm. morning that she dove in camp and I tried to make her do it right after she came back to keep her on that high before school started so. It's but really, that's it, but camp gives you that love for who you are. I'm a girl. I love it. I'm, a, I'm from. I love it. I want that to be positive and exciting. And again, as you said, whether whether it's the havdalah or what, which we sing, or Friday night when you sing and dance in shul, or Shabbat when when people say to me, "What do you do in camp on Shabbat?" I said, "There's a lot of eating and singing and davening and eating and singing and davening and more eating and more singing and, and then dancing. you can get asleep and then dancing and get it. But that's that's why Shabbat in camp. I I get feedback that girls love Shabbat in camp and even. I know it's a little strange to say this Purim time, but people say, wow, we loved Tisha B'Av in camp. It was meaningful. No, I, I've, I've home, heard that a lot over the years. Camp is, is life. It is. Right. It, it gives you skills for life, whether it's the friendship or the partnership or the um, working together, cooperation. and and. I loved being in Camp Dina for Tisha B'Av because it was so meaningful. Mm. And they run special programs. I, I haven't done it in Shoshani. So if you'd like to. 
I, I actually, you know, I, I, I might be coming, coming up, up on Tishabab because I think Monday I'm starting right. and Tishabab is Sunday. So right. I got to. So our big thing is Motzei Shabbat, actually. Saturday, we're going to have a torch. Before when we before Echa, we have a whole torchlight procession through camp. Right. We turn off all the lights. We have a torchlight procession. So if you want to come for Shabbat, I have space in my house. Okay. All right. I have to think about that. <laughs> Inviting somebody. Come for Shabbat and Tishabav. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's no problem. The big food, the big fueling beforehand. There you go. Esther, this is amazing. I cannot wait to come to camp and so work excited. with Susie and get our curriculums together. I cannot believe that. It's so fast. I can't believe that it's Shisham Purim. It was just July. We've got Pesach <laughs> down the nose. It's crazy. I'm looking forward to the summer. Um, so how does one <clears throat> find out more information about Shoshanim before we... You can go to... <clears throat> sorry, just remember the name, Camp Shoshanim. Type in Camp Shoshanim in your search bar, uh, campshoshanim.org. But if you accidentally do campshoshanim.com, it will also come oh, to me. Oh, that's great. Um, if on any of the pages on the Camp Shoshanim website, it says, um, ask the director, those emails come directly oh. to me. Um you can also type in, if you don't remember Camp Shoshanim, New Jersey Y Camps and click on Orthodox Camp for Girls. We can do that as well. And, and we have a lot of different portals. And we and have the a Susie Fishbein. If you type in Susie Fishbein and Friends Culinary Institute or Susie Fishbein at Camp or Susie Fishbein or Naomi Nachman at Camp, they will come to you will come to our pages because we have a culinary arts page set okay, up. A link there. Perfect. Absolutely. Um Great, so you can and follow them on Insta and Facebook and Instagram, all, the, all Facebook, the good stuff. Camp Shoshanim, we don't have yes. Johnny to sing for us. Remember last know, year he came and I he know, sang a couple. I know. And I tried to get Jeff to come to sing. Didn't work either. Didn't work. Okay. No. Well, you can you can listen to them. But online. I'm again. I'm, I'm I, the side of the mic. I'm Esther, and the side I'm no, Johnny. No, Jeff, I just Johnny. You know Johnny. Johnny also is wearing a red tutu for everyone today. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how that goes down with his family. Okay, Shushampur, and we can do what we want. Okay, Ma'am, Esther, thank you so so my much. My pleasure. Am I allowed to hug you on uh, on camera? Yeah, you can give me a big hug oh, on air. Mwah. I love you. Thank you. Love you too. I will and see you. So we're looking forward love. to have you. I will. I'm going to give you that to follow up for me because I haven't got many. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Got it. The orange registration form. Just a reminder for them to send it to me. Got it. Oh, and oh, this I need. That no, that's need. for that's me. I'm going to put that that's on the our thing. Menu. I'm so excited. They're our notes. Esther, ceviche. amazing. Okay. And I, I, I don't like red pepper so much. So maybe a little me less also. red pepper in the ceviche. I don't put red peppers okay, in good. anything. Don't good. worry. Okay, I go. think in my whole perfect, <laughs> there's not one recipe for peppers in this whole book, um, or um, uh, margarine or. Uh, uh, stop soup stock chicken stock chicken the, stock the yeah, it's all natural perfect yeah perfect. i mean there's ketchup okay. and sugar but hey you got to do something ketchup. okay team okay let's move on Any, up any of you like to borrow my tutu or it's okay no <laughs> we're good you can you can walk around in new york city i have no shame <laughs> <laughs> this is new york we can do anything we can wear red tutu Besides, it's, a, it's appropriate for the holiday i want people to get into the spirit into the spirit of of uh of and, green. you know, it's so fun. I used to teach right up the road here at the education line. At the edges? So, yeah. I, I ran the day my camp there for five years. Yeah, my grandparents actually, this is some of my earliest memories. My grandparents lived on, my grandparents were 212 East Broadway. I, I, I lived in that building. I was 208 East Broadway. They were 212. What Apartment 504. Last name is Staum, S-T-A-U-M. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. I bet you my husband's parents know them so i'm sure i'm sure everybody knows larry's yeah. side that's why everything it says esther Stelm cats right Stelm is my yeah oh that's so funny. i'm sure yep so if you, well, if they, know the the building, they know the same building they know the same well, for sure well, then, the my, grandparents, are old, my grandparents are no longer alive but my parents i'm sure my father 
Yeah, ask okay, him if he cool. knows any of the Nachman. I'll ask there, him. There, here we are. I playing okay. Jewish geography. <laughs> always, always, Right here always. on the Nachum Siegel <laughs> Network. This is Table for this Two with so- Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are having a blast with Camp Shoshanim director Esther Katz. And right now I have the team from OK. I hope you guys bought samples. Food? No, not today. Not today. It's good. It's good because we're on the post-Purim diet. Rabbi. Hi, Rabbi. Thank you so much for coming in. We have in the studio Freda Simon, Compliance Manager and Social Media Director, Dina Frankel, Editor, Kosher Spirit Marketing and Education, and Rabbi Chaim Fogelman, Marketing and Education Director and Editor-in-Chief of Kosher Spirit. I said that almost all in one breath. <laughs> How are you doing? Welcome. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us, Naomi. I'm really excited that you guys reached out. Um, we actually all met through Instagram because... Whenever I go somewhere, I try to tag kosher products, especially at the airports. And uh, you guys always pick up when I'm doing that. And that's how we started talking. Yeah, we met through Instagram. And now I'm an avid follower. I'm learning how to do Instagram slowly from Freda over here. And well, You uh, guys are doing a great job. You guys are on it. And I'm really proud of that because we shout out kosher from the rooftops. I'll do a shout out to the women of the OK. People think that the kosher certification is just a bunch of rabbis running everything kosher. Yes, that's but what I'll tell one you, imagines. But I'll tell you, without the women working at the OK, it would be one mess. If the women weren't so shy, I would post pictures of them on Instagram. They're all shy. Even the rabbis are like, oh, we can't send you photos of ourselves. We'll send you photos of where we are, like uh, Jamaica or China, but not ourselves. (laughs) I want to see food from more. I I did a lot of research on you guys. I was on your website the other day just putting together like notes for my show. So you guys are everywhere. Yeah. How many countries are we in now? I think we are currently in certainly over 100 countries. A hundred countries. Certainly over a hundred countries certifying food as kosher. And I think at the last count, we were certifying over 700,000 products. <gasps> That's unbelievable. Thank you for doing that for us because <laughs> the kosher explosion is unbelievable. And we are so grateful to companies like the OK for making it happen. I uh, Yesterday, I checked a few numbers on the computer just to, sh- just to share with the audience you know, the size of the OK and what we really do. So we had uh, 619,902 kosher evaluations that were live that people were working on, checking, making sure that the status of those products are actually kosher. And in the past 12 months, the OK had done over 27,000 inspections. It it comes out to be about 87 uh, inspections a day. So around three, three inspections an hour at any given time, you have a rabbi somewhere, someplace, inspecting food to make sure that it's kosher. And we have rabbis on every populated continent. We have companies in Africa that are regularly receiving visits from rabbis in multiple countries on the Ivory Coast and a few other places in Africa. We have a rabbi going in Dubai. We have a rabbi recently was in the Straits of Magellan, which is one of the southernmost parts of South America. What comes from there? What comes from there, Freda? Well, it's actually, it's actually there are a lot of abattoirs there. So it's not so. Abattoir like, is a shech, a shechting place, yeah. a, sh- a slaughterhouse. It, it's not. It's not so Instagram friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do not post. No, we we we'd be under attack no. from you. I mean, we we eat meat. We're not vegetarian, but we don't yeah. need to see it. Yeah. No, but the, he sent me a photo of like on the ferry, and I'm like, it's you know, it's a whole completely different part of the world. It's amazing. If you ever need someone to go anywhere, and I'm not afraid of blood, you know that you can always send me, right? You can count on me to do the right thing. Okay, so let's talk about when someone has a kosher product, right? How long does it take to 
walk us through that process, like to get an idea and have the okay stamp on it. Well, it really would take a, a, a big part of it is how fast the company can turn around to give us the information that we need. As you know, many people are under the impression, I mean, not in this audience, but many people are under the impression in general that when a rabbi comes to certify a product, he's coming to bless the product. But the, I, I totally get that. Yeah. But the truth is that we're actually coming to bear witness to testify, sort of to speak, that everything's done in kosher protocol. So the first thing we'd have to do is we'd have to see what are the ingredients and how are they making their products. So if a company wants to go kosher, their first actual step would be filling out an application and sending it to the OK. In the application, we'd ask, what is the product you're making? What are the ingredients you're using to make your equipment, your product? And what equipment is it being made out of? Rabbi will study this application. And if everything makes sense on paper, meaning the ingredients all checks out either that it is kosher or it can be kosher and so on, then we can move on. If there's an ingredient that's inherently not kosher and cannot be changed, so the process stops right there. Once everything makes sense on paper, we are going to request to get the kosher certificates for every ingredient that they're using. In general, it's easy for anybody to say that this product is kosher, just like it was easy to say that I'm an American. But as time went on, we say, saying that I'm an American is not enough. I want to see your passport. So every single kosher product has a kosher letter, which is like its passport. It says where it's made, what are the quantities, how is it made, where, and all, a lot of different information about this product. And this is one of the most certain ways that we know that this product that we're talking about actually is kosher because it has a kosher letter. could be from a private rabbi, could be from an organization. That's irrelevant. That will evaluate as we get there. But once we see that every product has its kosher letter, its kosher certificate, then a rabbi will make a trip and go down to make the initial inspection to this individual company. The rabbi is looking to make sure they didn't forget any ingredients. He's making sure that all the ingredients that are listed are exactly as listed. He's going to make sure are they making anything else in the facility that the people of the facility might think is not really that important, but for kashos it might be very important. He's going to see if part of the facility needs to be kosherized, what has to be kosherized, what can be kosherized, and the protocol and to set up the certification, how it will be done. Because the certification is really a two-part. The first part of the certification is setting up the company, making sure it's kosher, and then there's the maintaining of the company, making sure that they keep to this protocol, keeping to what we have discussed and what we've agreed upon. So every company will get an initial visit from one of the main offices, and then they'll get regular follow-up visits depending on the product. Wow, that's it's a it's a long list of things. It's not so easy to get it, the certificate. And what happens? I know we had this thing a couple months ago, maybe a year ago. What happens when something gets okay without your permission? Uh, so that's my job, actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I run the trademark and licensing department, um, and we either we get unauthorized either. Either I'll notice it from just running Instagram. People tag things as kosher, and then I'll see, oh, that's a, it's not a okay certified, or it is okay certified, and then I'll promote it. Um, but yeah, or consumers will call in and they'll say, hi, this it didn't look right to me. Um, and then I investigate and I go to the company, send them a cease and desist letter. Sometimes we have to work through our lawyers. You know, our responsibility so to the public will send out alerts to let people know, FYI, this is not certified. It's by so the clever okay. that you put this in place. Because yeah. we need this. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You would be really surprised how odd and far out some of the products are that someone yeah. could even conceive to stamp an okay on that's not kosher 
we intercepted that never made it to the market, thank God, and was intercepted totally before it got anywhere, but large boxes of frozen squid with a giant oh, yeah. OK symbol what? stamped on the side of the box. Who, who, so who would have put it that was, on? It wasn't retail. It, it was, wasn't retail, and it never made it anywhere, but that company decided that that symbol looked nice to them, and they were just going to add it to their package. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's and like it was actually discovered there's a, there was a kosher restaurant somewhere in the middle of in the middle of Spain, uh, northern part of Spain, and I think it's a kosher hotel or something, uh, or kosher program, and the rabbi went into the kitchen. He was doing his regular inspection. He saw they weren't using it for the kosher food, thank God, but he's like, this looks odd. He sent us a photo. We're like, okay, get on it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, well I had the thing at the airport where I was like, um, yeah. doing a little story by the snacks yeah. by JetBlue. I'm like, <laughs> oh, hard-boiled eggs. It has an okay Wow, it's really cool they have the, all these things at the airport. And then right away, you, yeah. you, you like, like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to bother you, but can you go back and get a picture of that? Because yeah. that's not authorized. Yeah. So yeah. if you do see something, you know, so consumers, questionable. Uh-huh. If you see something, say exactly. something. Consumers yeah. are our first line of defense as far as unauthorized or misprint OKs. And one of the easiest ways for a consumer to find out if something they see looks too good to be true is with our app. We have a kosher food guide app. It's free. It's on iOS. It's on the Google Play. And you can access, just by searching a keyword, you can access our database of publicized consumer products. Wonderful. You can see, if you see a product in the store with an OK symbol and you want to double check, you open our app, you type the name of the product, you can see the kosher letter, you can see the designation. I'm just holding it up to the to the video camera. You can find out whether it's Chalav Yisrael, Pas Yisrael, Passover. You can find a lot of details about the product straight from our app. And we always advise if you see a product, if a product is called milk chocolate, covered raisins and it has a plain okay double check the back because something called milk chocolate is usually dairy and if you don't see that d symbol but the name and the symbol don't seem to really be congruous check the back call us up check the app i once saw something i can't remember whose hashkach was either you guys or the ou i was first married and it said margarine oud i'm like no it said ou ou or okay and then I opened up and you got the bars and the bar said O-U-D or O-K-D. And I'm like, how can the box say one thing and the bars say another? Mm. So I called up and they're like, no, it's milking, you know, <laughs> so it was unauthorized or there was a mix yeah. up. So, I mean, this is before the whole social media, but you've always had access to you guys through the phone. I know I've called up the OK and said, is this kosher la Because that's when I have my most questions. And there's always someone friendly to answer. Mm-hmm. But on, on the subject of unauthorized, there are really three kinds of unauthorized. There are unauthorized sometimes when a person makes a mistake. Even a company which is certified makes a mistake. They forgot to put a D, they marked something wrong. And then we're right on it. We know that right away. There are unauthorized that are on the consumer level, which people will, it'll, it'll show up. People will come to us and we'll find it pretty quickly. Then there's unauthorized what's going from company to company as main ingredients, which the public doesn't really see. And that, again, is one of the reasons why we insist on kosher letters for all your products. And the fact that it has an OK or an OU or any certification on it, that's not enough. We want to see the kosher letter backing it. That is kosher. Now, in general, all the large organizations have this issue with unauthorized. Right. Um, I think the OK is a little bit more vocal about the unauthorized that we go through. You guys are awesome. And uh, that's because we really feel our allegiance and our responsibilities to the kosher consumer before anybody else. So if we have a question about something, we'll let everybody know first and then we'll straighten it out. 
if need be. Such a big rice to have this on your head. Exactly. Like, to have, I know with my catering business, I take everything so overly serious because people are trusting us. And, and, and OK is such a big name in the industry. So you really know, like, comfortable. You are comfortable having anything with an OK symbol on it. Like, some of them, I call them dodgy hershers. There's a yes. whole bunch of them. I'm not going to name them because we don't do negative. But I'm like, I can't eat that or I don't eat that. It's come. Mm. It's been made known to me that this is not reliable. The company's not reliable. And you really need to pay feel attention. Also, this- pay attention to what's putting what you're putting in your mouth. You know, <clears throat> you are check, what you eat. Also. Check, check the ingredients. Look at the hersher. Pay attention. The end goal is to trust the hersher. You know, obviously, if something looks off, you can always call us up. You know, that's that's um, valuable information for all of us yeah. to just keep in our heads as we shop, especially now with Pesach season. You know, I'm totally going to bring up Pesach, but let's just do a little bit of history about the OK, and then we're going to switch into Pesach. So, how many years are you guys around? How- the OK was founded in the late 30s, 1930s, by a chemist named Abraham Goldstein. Okay. And he started the OK just because he didn't like the level of kashros that he saw at that time. And he was a chemist. And that's why he called it OK Labs. Until today, many people call I it. Said, I called it OK Labs. I till, don't know. Until today, many people call it OK Labs. People think we're in, in our offices in white lab coats and testing food. <laughs> but that's not, that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. In the, 19, in the early 1960s or maybe 66, 67, Rabbi Beryl Levy, Oliver Shalom, he actually acquired the OK. He took over the OK. At that time, they were certifying 15 companies. Hmm. And in 1987, I believe it is, he passed away suddenly. And his son, Rabbi Daniel Levy, took over the- Very big name in Kashrus. Took took over the operations. And today, like I said, close to 700,000 products that we certify. And about 520 rabbis throughout the world. Mashkechem, either part-time, full-time for individual companies or so out. So Amazing. On. What is the strangest place you had sent someone besides the Magellan Strait? <laughs> we just had somebody in Iraq. What oh, were yeah. they checking? Well, it was really a certification for a company that wanted to use a product from there, which really doesn't need a hechsher. But we still wanted to make sure with our own eyes to see, to make sure that that's exactly how it is. Awesome. I think that's the mashkiach went like undercover when he went there. Yeah. Uh, talking about giving a, seeing it with your own eyes, there was a chocolate company company that we certified, we wanted to certify years ago, and Rabbi Levy actually went to make the initial inspection there. And it was chocolate shavings. Okay. And after he went through the entire plant and he saw how they make their chocolate and saw the chocolate produced and all, then there was one room which was closed, which that was the secret how they make the chocolate shavings, how they shave them off the bar and get that little curl. And I believe he wanted to see how that's done. And the man said, I promised my father I would never, ever show anybody our secret how we do it. So I believe he said, but I promised my God I would never certify a product that I haven't seen with my own eyes. And? Did not certify it. And we used to meet this man at the food shows for years and years later. And both had the utmost respect for each other. It was kind of strange that they were certified by a different company afterwards. But the idea was that they had the utmost respect for each other because they stuck to their guns, so I to speak. I love that. I love that. So that's something that I believe he's very, very uh, instilled at in all, our, in all our rabbis. I mean, we try really to be kosher without compromise, and we're not looking at the cut corners. Fantastic. 
Fantastic. I, I'm, I feel, always feel very confident when I see uh, something with an OU on. You also do restaurants, right? We do many restaurants. I want to mention something about Pesach that I just saw. Ooh, we certify, my favorite. We certify uh, grape leaves for Pesach. <gasps> yeah, but on the way, people. But the grape leaves are interesting. They start off from California. The leaves come from California, from a really big grape place that has extra large leaves. And they soak them in brine. With yeah. citric acid. Yeah. Now, citric acid, you have to make sure that's good for Pesach. Yes. Because, you know, some, like in Europe, they make it out of uh, wheat, and then it would be hummets. And most citric acid in America are made out of corn, which would be kidneyous. But you can make in South America, they make it out of sugar, and that would be kosher of Pesach. Right. So we have a rabbis on staff when they are filling the the uh, containers with the brine and making sure that it's all kosher of Pesach. These containers get sealed up and get shipped to Vietnam. I was just in Vietnam. Did you see the rabbi there, Rabbi Hartman? Okay, so wait, <laughs> was he at the Chabad Center? Probably. Yeah, was he the Chabad rabbi He's there? The Chabad rabbi there. Which which city? I don't recall. I was in Ho Chi Minh or Saigon, which is Saigon, but either right. way, um, and um, Hanoi. I don't know which city he's based out of offhand. Because they um, run amazing Chabad centers in Vietnam. I was so, there with Miriam Schreiber. So Rabbi Hartman goes when the Vessels arrive, and there they change the brine. So he makes sure, again, that it's all changed, kashala Pesach, and gets sealed up. And then from there, it's sent out to the whole Middle East, coming from Vietnam. So in, in the Sephardic community, it's very big, especially for Pesach, the yeah. grape leaves. So it's interesting that a product starts in California, goes to Vietnam, goes all around, all with Pesach in mind. I love it. That's so fantastic. And Pesach is right up my alley. And I actually have, um, I learned from my friend Beth Warren how to make yebre, which is the stuffed grape leaves. Mm-hmm. It's usually used with rice, but we make it with quinoa. Let's talk about quinoa for Pesach. Does the OU? Good, very topical so, subject. Very topical subject. Uh, you year. know, that's what we do here at the Nacham Siganuk. We ask the tough questions. Quinoa can be used for Pesach, but it must have a certification for okay, Pesach. But this is a new... Um, I don't know if the red sheeta or a new uh, thing for the OK, correct? Well, the OK is very cautious before we give a certification. And That's why we the, love you guys. I'll tell you, the, the rabbis who actually decide, they wanted to actually see the quinoa plant. And, it's not, and you can't get one here in the United States that easily. You have to go to the Andes Mountains. We could not, get, we could not bring, we couldn't even bring one in. It was with great difficulty till we actually got a branch. Due to customs regulations, it's extremely difficult to bring produce or plant products through because they can carry pest, pests that can um, damage crops in the United States. So we had a very, very hard time. It took over a year to actually get to, our hands on a plant. Yeah. On a quinoa plant. Correct. It's Correct. a plant, guys. Correct. It, uh, just let's clarify this. People are always like, we don't know what... Quinoa is really, it looks like a grain, but it's really a plant. It's a plant. <laughs> it's a plant with carbs. So it's half carb, half protein. I'm not a dietitian, but this is what I've been told by many dietitians. So it is. So you can use it for Pesach, but you must make sure it has a kosher Pesach certification because many times it's processed on the same equipment with wheat flour. Oh, interesting. So I, I have heard that, you know, I've been eating uh, quinoa for a few years on Pesach, Um but I always was told, make sure it has a P Correct. Um, mm-hmm. on it. But not because not all of them do. I once tried bringing Correct. quinoa into Australia for Pesach. Australia has, when I went to visit my parents, we were there a couple of years ago for Pesach, and I bought all these really cool American 
certified Pesach products because you can't get brown sugar, kosher, or Pesach in Australia. We have it all year, but they can't even get it on Pesach. It always has a, oh, well, who, who certifies Depends brown sugar? Depends okay. on the company. Domino's, I don't so even know. we have Domino's. You have Domino's. I was pretty sure it was the okay because mm-hmm. I have tons of it downstairs already in my Pesach kitchen, which I'm very active in right now. Um, and it says OKP all year. But in Australia, they couldn't bring. So I bought my mother boxes of brown sugar, and I bought her a package of quinoa. And at customs, I had to explain to them. I had to declare it. I knew that I had to declare. Australia has the toughest quarantine laws, as you guys probably know also. And I had to try to explain what it was. But they let me bring it in. Mm-hmm. So they're worse offensive if you try to sneak it in without telling them. If you no, you have to it declare to it. You have to you be have straight to up. declare it. Um, Okay, so um, what else is new on the market for Pesach? So we have 13 restaurants open on Pesach this year what? over Chalamayid. Because it's a big Chalamayid this year <laughs> and next year. We have a I'm full just... week of Chalamayid, so we have 13 restaurants. Okay, let's give those a shout out. Okay, we have 18 restaurants in New York, Elegant Events in California, Key Cartel Aviv in Florida, Leaders La Brea in California, Leaders Pico in California, My Most Favorite Food right here in New York City. Woohoo! Pico Kosher Deli in California, Rafi's Catering in California, Schwartz's in Pico, California, uh, Shiloh's Meat Restaurant, California, Sterling Kosher Catering in Florida, which is the person who supplies all the meals to the Orlando resorts, so you can get Kosher La Pesach sealed meals at the Orlando resorts. Wait, so you can go Disney. to Disney Evan Kosher La Pesach meal? Yes. Wait, wait, so wait, <laughs> I, I was just in Disney, so I had some of those meals. Okay, so they can put those meals, and this is actually a serious kosher question. Okay, they go in with the tray food, they heat, heat them up, but because it's double sealed and double wrapped. It has wrapped, to be double wrapped. And double wrapped, and comes, and you need a knife to cut through it, a big pair of shears or something. But right. So they come double sealed. The double sealed, and you can have it on paper. It can be warmed. They, there will Even be, with the Chomets thing, it doesn't make a difference. It has to be double the wrapped. Double wrapped, yes. If they, they come double sealed, if you do not unseal them until after you're ready to eat it, then it's not a problem. You can have them warmed as long as they stay the way you receive them in the double wrapping. And it must have a peace symbol, but we do have Pesach meals Just available like the airline at the foods. Orlando resorts. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good to know because so many people are going to Orlando this year. It's because we have this full week of Chalamoe, So I love the way everybody really gets into the kosher spirit when it comes to Pesach. There's actually going to be 40,000 Jewish families in the Orlando area staying as part of programs or resort or options. What, but, and, and their houses that they rent. You can't right, even keep track of that. Rentals. So there's about, keep, according to um, Kosher Today, there's about 40,000 families going down there. That's unbelievable. There aren't 40,000 Jews in Sydney. And we have two more restaurants, Trattoria Natalie in California and Western Kosher Pico in California. And we have three Pesach programs under the OK this year. Which are? We have Atlantic Bahamas. We have JW Marriott Palm Springs. And we have Pesach on the Mountain in Vancouver. That is Someone needs to bring me. That is amazing. I'm going to be at the Doral with Ram Caterers. That sounds good. I'll join yeah, you. Yeah, it was under the late Rabbi Goldberg. Um, I'm not sure who it's and, and people don't realize when it comes to kosher a hotel for Pesach what's oh. involved. Oh, my it's God. It's like a three-day operation. Okay, so my dad ran a Pesach program in Sydney, Australia. He was under the kosher of Rabbi Moshe David Gutnik. He was also my Masa- works he, with the OK. Uh, yeah, and, and he was my Masada Kedushin also. So, like, oh, wow. we go way back with him. Um, I So he kashered. I used to go with my dad early, and he would kasher the kitchens in my parents' Pesach program that they ran. But there was a small program. It was 150 people. The programs that I'm on uh, with 
at Ram Caterers at, at the Doral are 1,100 people. The kitchens are bigger than the whole hotel in Australia. It is a tremendous operation. Absolutely. We once cashed uh, one, a huge hotel when they had to force an evacuation. They thought the place was on fire. <gasps> and that was because they were cashing all the counters and the steam and the smoke no was going into the vent system. It was coming up, up in the rooms. And all of a sudden, the fire department came. There's mashkichim and working, all sweating with glasses and water, hot water pouring all over. What's going on? And we're okay. It's the cleanest. We're literally okay. <laughs> it, it's it's the cleanest your ovens will ever be. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't want a kasha for Pesach, even if you're going away. Because you are your your ovens get scrubbed down to raw cleanliness. It's when else do you pull the stove out from in between your countertops and right, go behind? Right. It's funny. I do mine a lot because I know when I pull mine out for Pesach what can be left behind So from during the year. So I actually do mine every few months because I, it's such a big job if you have to do it just for Pesach. Mm-hmm. It's really something special. Once uh, a little while back we had a request. Someone requested that we certify kosher dog food. What? And I we took the call and, and I said that to them, Dog food, why would you want to certify dog food? I don't know, I just want everything should be certified kosher. I said, well, you know, let me think about it, but I don't think you need to certify dog food. Then after I thought about it a little bit, I said, you know, you really do need to certify dog food for Pesach. Because, because if it's chametz, you're, you're owning it, and you're feeding your, your dog chametz. Um, I think people don't, with fish food also, um, yeah, I, I was fish food, food is chametz. Mostly, fish food yeah. is chametz. <laughs> How do I know that? Because I had to watch watch fish for my friend. You can feed the went away. crumbs. I, that's what I did. I fed the matzah crumb. So if you have goldfish, you know, you just give them a little matzah. Good enough for me. Good enough Worm. for little fish. On worms? Kashala Pesach still with the dirt on like the potatoes. <laughs> on the what? <laughs> like, you know, people buy potatoes with the dirt on so they know it's really straight from the field. Oh. Some worms, you know. <laughs> That's right. Back, back to nature. A little bit back to nature. <laughs> right. Everyone has so many different minhagim on Pesach. It's unbelievable. I know Chabad peels everything and they don't uh-huh. eat a lot of processed foods. My brother's Hasidish. He doesn't eat a lot of processed foods. For me, if it has an okay... Thumbs up. It's good for me. Do you know why people are so careful about eating kosher on Pesach? It seems to me like on Pesach, they're much more stringent and much more aware right. of kosher than the whole year. Why all of a sudden on Pesach? Please tell me that. I'd love to share with everyone. I have a theory. Okay. Well, and consider this, it brings down that on Shavuos, it's a marriage between God and the Jewish people. Yeah. So if we got married in Shavuos, when, have, when did God and the Jewish people meet? Probably a few weeks before then. We always put our best foot forward to make a good impression. Everyone agrees that on Pesach, God took the Jewish people out. <laughs> That's I like my that. theory. I like that a lot. <laughs> it's very funny. It all makes sense on makes many sense. different levels. That's right. That's great. That's great. You know, the, the rise in um, people going away for Pesach, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. It's like people really like either rent a villa somewhere well, the well, whole they, kosher market's a whole new market. Uh, I mean, right. years ago, you were happy with one kind of wine, and that was it. Today, Forget you have every it. kind of product you can think of is, is certified and, kosher. And I have to say, it's actually your fault. You know why? <laughs> you gave us good ingredients. When you have good ingredients, you make good food. When you have good food, you become a foodie. You can't stay home for Pesach. You have to go out to eat for dinner. Like, I, I go out and You to have to take pictures of the food before you eat it. You cannot. Otherwise, you didn't eat it. So what do you do first? When the food comes to the table... Right away, you take your photos, 
then your bracha, then everything. You know, like it's amazing what the food I was out for dinner, like in when I was out in Panama. Nobody ate the food first. And these are, I'm telling you, these are the people on my tour, on Miriam's tour, who, who it was incredible what, what she put together. They were in their like 60s, out with the cameras. Don't blame the, just the kids. <laughs> they may not have been putting it on on um, uh, social media, but they were sending it on WhatsApp groups to their kids back at home. Uh. It's all about the pictures of the food. You eat with your eyes. I wish that was really true that way. I wouldn't be on a diet right now. But it's because companies like the OK have made good products. They're going to the extra effort to keep our kasha standards high to give us great things to do great work with. And it's really very exciting for us to see. Take a simple drink like coffee. It used to be just regular and decaffeinated, and that was it. Which actually, decaffeinated coffee must have a hachsha for Pesach. <gasps> right. Okay, let's talk about coffee. Finish your thought, and let's go back to and coffee. My thought was, it used to be just regular coffee. Coffee, regular and decaf. Now you have coffee in every flavor you could imagine, which all those flavors must have a certification because the flavors... In general, to, in we're not general. talking for Pesach. Please take note of this. I happen to know this, but coffee in general, if it's flavored, has to have a hersha. The flavors must have a hersha. Many of them are dairy. Oh, really? Yes. Uh-huh. Who does the fairway hershas for their coffees? Can't recall right now. Okay. Because I, I, when I was there, I noticed that there was a hersha on it. Let I, me tell you, the days of everything being in the rabbi's head... In a company like the OK, are far gone. Right. See, without we have the latest, our app. without the latest technology, we would yep. never be able to up on uh, the keep screen? up. Is that are they seeing it on the screen? If you are watching us, yeah. Okay. So, so you really need to have that. Um, when it comes to decaffeinated coffee, there are really two ways how you can decaf coffee. Okay. One is by soaking it in alcohol, and one is by soaking it in water. They say that uh, years ago they brought coffee beans by boat somewhere, and it rained terribly on the way. And when they came to deliver the beans, afterwards the people said it didn't have the same kick it used to have. And they realized because of the rain on the on the trip over, the coffee beans were just being soaked in water. And that took out lots of the caffeine. So for Pesach, when you drink uh, decaffeinated coffee, you have to make sure it has a certification to make sure that the decaffeination was done through water, not through alcohol, which could be chametz. So, but for Pesach, plain coffee doesn't need a hersha? Well, today... I would say almost everything for Pesach should have a hersha. Right. Because many, if you're buying raw beans and you're grinding them yourself, I would say you don't need a hersha. But if you're buying ground-up beans, you never know what else is in there. There are sugar companies that put in product in their sugar to make it less sweet. So you need to buy more of it. Really? That's very sneaky. <laughs> I don't also, like in, that. in America, corn syrup is the cheapest sweetener and the most prevalent mm-hmm. sweetener due to the corn lobby and the way that it's the crazy. U.S. farm subsidies work. And obviously, corn syrup is kidneyous, so it's in a lot of things that we wouldn't even realize Kidney it's and in. agave, and they um, test it, and they find that yeah, it's A been- lot of things are adulterated with corn syrup because it is so cheap in order to increase profit margins. So it's extremely, extremely important that your product has a P certification for Pesach because... Sometimes it's not even listed on the ingredient label. There are certain regulations that have a minimum quantity that is required to list on the ingredient label. And if it's under a certain percentage of the product, they don't always have to list it. So it's really important um, as a consumer to check that it has a P, even if it looks pretty innocuous to you. Right. I, I When I do my shopping for Pesach at Gomeglad in the Five Towns, that's where I live, I, I even if I think it was kosher last year, 
a chick again. Definitely. Something chick again. can I always can't, change. I can't change. stress the importance enough. And I mean, I know this comes more naturally to me because I work in a kosher certification agency for over 10 years already. But every time you buy a product, check it. Every single time. Mm-hmm. Because it could happen that you've been buying a product for 10 years, the exact same product, and it's always had the OK symbol on it. And then that 11th year... It's gone. Do you remember there was a cereal? I was living here on the Lower East Side at the time. My kids were very little. There was a cereal called Oreos. It was like little Oreo that looked like Cheerios, but it was an Oreo and had white dots on it like the cream. It was my kids' favorite. I loved it. It was delicious. And then all of a sudden, the Hersha was gone. So I wrote to the company. I emailed them. There was email back then. (laughs) I wrote to the company and they said, we're really sorry about um, we've put marshmallow in it now. We've lost our kosher certification. But here are some coupons to buy some more. And I'm like, yeah, they just don't get it. Yeah, they, don't, they don't always get it. They don't always get it. But, you know, with some person answering emails, And, you know, sometimes but- speaking of marshmallows, occasionally a children's cereal has a promotional item inside. And the promotional item is not always kosher. And we work very hard when that happens with a company that we certify that those boxes do not bear our symbol because the item inside is not certified kosher. And we don't want anyone to make a mistake and eat that item, assuming that they relied on the packaging, the kosher certification on the cereal. Sometimes the prize is not always kosher. Or sometimes it's a special edition of a cereal for the holidays or Sometime where they're doing a very unique add-in to the cereal and it's not kosher. And we, we're very careful to make sure that our symbol does not appear on that box when that happens. It's, so you should always check. You guys are so informative. We might, we've got to do this again. Mm-hmm. There's so to. much we Absolutely. can talk about. There are great products coming out all the time. What, what, what should we be on the lookout for? Either restaurant, food, oh, anything. Well, I know that everyone every year, well, I know from last year because we, lo- we got a lot of inquiries, um, everyone waits for the Philadelphia cream cheese Kasha Le Pesach run. And they do one Passover run. They do it during February. Um, and it should be out in the stores in about a month when Pesach is, you know, well, before that. A month. But <laughs> uh, sooner but than that. Pesach, but yeah, I know everyone, you know, so they're doing it again this year. Um, what other new Kasha Le Pesach? Um, Fresh Direct. If anyone orders Fresh Direct, they're going to have like raw nuts and toasted nuts and they're going to have the OKP on it. Um, what else? Matt's Munchies. They're also having a Pesach production. So you'll see the OKP inkjetted on the packaging. Um and they literally turn over their entire kitchen to do just Pesach. Amazing. Um, uh, World of Chantilly, they, they're doing, of course, they're, everyone loves their, oh, their bagels. Their cheesecakes. Um, yeah, and they have a whole new new line, Yum Tov, uh, which is like cakes, cookies, muffins, right. bars. They actually, you know, they, we have them on our Pesach. Pesach program. Yeah. We have yeah. some of the stuff. Some of the stuff looks like. That, certifying them for years and years. Some yeah. of this stuff. Okay. We should really talk like <laughs> about bread being kosher la Pesach. Bread is bread. We can go one week without eating bread. It's good for us not to eat bread every month. We can eat matzah instead, right? Like, is it, haven't we gone crazy? Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it gets a little bit, yeah. But you know what? That's how the foodie world is. That's how life is. And, you know, we want to... And for all the foodies out there, we have a great product. It's new to this year. It's called Ginger Tipple. It will probably be available at a lot of the Pesach programs. It's a ginger beer that is completely kosher of Pesach. I had it at Kosher Fest. I tasted it. Um, A unique, a nice, unique taste. And it's going to be available this year for purchase. And it's kosher of Pesach, a nice alternative to wine. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Guys, mm-hmm. it was fantastic having you. Thank you, Rabbi, for coming in. I'm glad. Have you a kosher and freil Pesach. Thank everybody, you, so much you for and everybody. Us. Thank you, kosher Pesach, and and we can still say 
Happy Purim. And happy Purim. And, and happy Purim because we're <laughs> listening to this on Shushim Purim today. And check out our next issue of Kosher Spirit, which comes out in the Jewish press and in Ami Magazine and in home distribution in California and the New York, New Jersey area. And it will be featuring one of Naomi's recipes from her Perfect for Pesach book. And we're really excited to share it with you. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you so much for having and us, Thanks, Naomi. team from the OK. Thank I really you. appreciate you coming in. Everyone, this is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Coming up, we have the Erev Shabbat Show with Mark Zomik, which is going to air now, and it also airs on Thursday at 7 p.m. Stay tuned. We've got music after that, uh, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Wishing everyone a happy Shushan Purim and happy Pesach cooking in the next couple of weeks.